0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Great Game Hunters podcast, where we talk about all the ins and outs of Kingdom Death Monster. Uh, Right now, it's just me, Josh, and I'm joined with Fen. Say hi, Fen. Hi, Fen. Uh, Matt should be joining us in just a little bit. Uh, He had a meeting that he got stuck in. So, Fen, what are we talking about today? Um, It's everybody's favorite balanced
1: expansion of Joy and uh, Wonder, the Flower Knight. Pretty model.
0: It is a pretty model. It's probably one of my favorite painted models you sent us. Yeah. So so let so let's talk about the flower knight. Um he shows up what year four? Year five. That was close. And we have yeah. the uh, story event a crone's tale. Uh you want to give mm-hmm. us a quick rundown of that story for us?
1: Yeah. So basically, so um, an old crone turns up and tells everyone a story about how she rolled along into the abyssal woods inside a dung ball and met the elemental knight of the realm, the flower knight. Uh, and she was like so taken with him that she was like, I'll never reveal about this knight. But uh, she's gone a bit um, senile in her old age and the survivors follow her along and discover where the flower knight hides out. And um she dies there and passes on a uh, a bloom that um, slips inside somebody else. It's uh, the sleeping virus flower, and they also became uh, become flower addicted. So it's a fairly like um, simple, straightforward uh, story event. It's got some nice ties with the Dung Beetle Knight, because, as we know, the um, Dung Beetle Knight uh, became a knight to impersonate the Flower Knight, so it could continue to uh, uh, munch on the, the rainbow phoenix poop around the area. You know, very enterprising Dung Beetle Knights. And... As for those two, we'll talk about those, um, that uh, piece of gear and the disorder, but the main thing that it does is it f- means that that particular survivor is not going to be going out hunting until they get to go out and hunt the Flower Knight. So yeah, that's that's the introduction to Flower Knight, in Year 5. Uh, it's most definitely an early game quarry.
0: Yeah, it's very, very early game. It's kind of like... I, I know we're going to talk about this more. It, it's kind of like white lion maybe even a little bit easier than it,
1: right? In some ways, yes, yeah. It it does ramp up around the level 3 a bit, but uh, it never really reaches um, the the same challenge that, say, the level 3 Gorm can do. All
0: right.
1: Uh, Do we have any other lore to talk about the uh, Flower Knight? We know we talked about the Abyssal
0: Woods a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, I I touched on it briefly, is that the Flower Knight is like the Gold Smoke Knight in that it's an elemental knight of uh, of the region, in this case, the Abyssal Woods. Um, we don't know how many there are because we don't really know how the elemental knights work at this point. Whether there's one and it keeps getting reborn, or if there's like multiple different ones, um, uh, we did sort of ask uh, ask Poots himself about that, but he he didn't reply. Um, and beyond that, who knows? It's kind of a guardian of the land, and uh, generally doesn't really move around too much. Well, I imagine most of the stuff we'll find out will happen in um, the Abyssal Woods and we'll probably get a
0: better look at at the understanding of the Flower Knight. All right. So um, before we move on to the hunt, anything else you want to mention about the Flower Knight? Um, Well, no, no. Let's just uh, get on to the hunt for now. Um, So the Flower Knight is a unique hunt. Um, So one thing it does is Overwhelming Darkness is gone, right? And we get uh, the forest wants what it wants.
1: Yep, which we discussed in this ridiculous episode, so we'll probably just touch on it lightly
0: here. Yeah, and then your starting position depends on, the, depends level on the level you're fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And you They're always different. go through the forest wants what it wants.
1: Always. You always have to go through the gate to get to the night, which makes sense because you need to go through the gate to get to the middle parts of the wood. Yeah. Um, so based on the position in here, basically one thing worth noting is that the level 1 Flower Knight is the only level 1 monster that has space where you can um, do mining post-Overwhelming Darkness. Well, post-Forest wants what it wants. So this makes the level 1 Flower Knight one of the safest places to go mining iron. right. uh, Yeah. Right. And also, if you wanted to do Herb Gathering as well, the same thing applies if you want to put it post Herb Woman Darkness, but mining iron is a big, big benefit. So, uh, Flower Knight definitely good for those people who are looking to rush uh, iron. Uh, yeah. So, we've got the cards. The deck, I think, is a nine-card deck. Yes, it is. nine-card deck, which is uh,
0: usually the decks hover around seven to nine cards. Um where should we start? I'm trying to get the car cam working but it's not working right now. Uh Okay. Want to go you can over. take a moment. Uh do pool of secrets Oops. while I get this fixed.
1: Okay, all right. So pool of secrets uh the survivors find a glowing pool of inky black water. A shimmering shape swims languidly in the depths. One survivor may nominate themselves to investigate. Uh if they do, roll on the table. Um on a 1 to 2, uh they suffer the dismembered arms severe injury. On a 3 to 8, they gain 2 insanity. On a 9, plus, they heal a permanent injury of their choice and gain a random disorder. Additionally, if they don't investigate, there's no penalty. So, this is just basically uh, entirely your option. Do you want to risk a 20% chance of a dismembered arm uh, and a chance of healing a permanent injury? That's what I need. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stick an arm in there, you don't need to. It's a pretty straightforward event. Um, and, well, it's nice in that it's up to you really. There's no punishment for not investigating here. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Uh, right. We have, oh, we've got the Sticky Meadow, which is a dewy meadow laced before the survivors, sloshing through the moist, sticky grass. Any boots the survivors are wearing become waterlogged. Heavy with the sweet-smelling nectar, the survivors find it hard to lift their feet as they walk. Each survivor with leg armor chooses either to gain a minus one movement token or reduce the armor at their legs' location to zero. So if you've got to low movement, this can become a problematic issue when you face the level three Flower Knight. Um, but having your armor reduced to zero is also just like a huge problem. It's not something you, uh, you want to willingly take. So against the level three, this is quite... Um, a difficult thing to consider versus the level one and two. Generally, you take the minus one movement token, unless you're not wearing any armor in the legs, say because you're a leyline walker.
0: Yeah, and it's a nice, yeah, it's a nice choice, there.
1: choice there.
0: Yeah. Right. All right. So next up, uh, let's do Whispering Leaves. Okay. Uh,
1: Whispering Leaves. A sudden gust disturbs the enormous canopy of trees overhead. The rustle of leaves forms a distinct whisper in an unknown language. All survivors roll on the table. So they do this one at a time. On a 1 to 3, your insanity gets set to 0. On a 4 to 8, you gain 1d5 insanity and a bleeding token. On a 9+, plus, you uh, suffer 1 brain event damage and gain plus 1 movement token. So um, this is pretty much all Bad stuff happens to you, but none of it is super dangerously bad I mean the reduce your insanity to zero is about the worst thing that happens. Flower night does deal some brain damage, but not a huge amount so um it's not too bad uh, and this is what we will see when we move further on in these is most of the flower night events are kind of not too bad um each one individually there's nothing which is a big serious punish uh, yeah um then we have the uh, the woolly root. A strange feathered leaf sprout from the ground. The event revealer investigates. They have to. Pulling a plant from the ground, they roll on the table. On a 1 to 5, it comes free, crumb to dust, and they have to roll on the event table before moving on the hunt board. Pretty kind of standard sort of um, thing. Not too bad as a bottom uh, result. On a 6+, plus, the gnarled fruit comes free. Its smell is enchanting, compelling you to consume it. If you do, one bite produces the juicy spray, the colour of clotted blood, and tastes the heavy metal. You suffer three brain event damage. You get plus one evasion and minus one accuracy. So, uh, again, not too bad. Like, there's always a downside on all of all of these results, both the two results, but nothing seriously, seriously bad. I mean, I'd trade an evasion for an accuracy on most characters.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good for most characters. Yeah,
1: yeah. The three brain event damage could be dangerous, but again, as I mentioned, brain damage is not something that happens against a flower knight a massive amount. Uh, Then we have Sudden Life. The branches overhead are suddenly alive with writhing insects. All at once, thousands of insects begin to sing, filling the air with a vibrant wall of noise. The din brings the survivors to their knees. All non-deaf survivors suffer one event damage to the head location that ignores armour points. That's really horrific. If any survivors 3 plus are understanding, then we plug up their ears with spongy moss and help others to do the same. Otherwise, the other one survivors suffer plus one brain event damage and begin the showdown knocked down, which it could be really bad as well. So, this is probably the scariest and nastiest of all of the uh, Flower Knight events.
0: So, you really want someone with some understanding to go after the Flower Knight.
1: Yeah, but the, uh, the 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 event damage has already happened, even though. So, it's like at this point, everybody's reliant on their head armor um, to keep them from suffering severe head injuries you know so that's that's kind of frightening situation to be in um this one is one of the few ways you can get caught out when hunting a level one um but when you hunt a level one you only ever tend to draw one of these event cards so it's not too bad
0: yeah i I don't know how bad knockdown is at the beginning of the showdown i don't know what his target is what he would do
1: it, it's mostly really bad versus the level 3 versus the 1 and 2. It's kind of an inconvenience, but not awful. Um, so, yeah. Then we have ooh, the choking heat. Survivors enter a heavily forested area. Vined plants twist all around, exhaling putrid steam. The air is stiflingly humid, and the survivor's armor chafes and lies heavy on their bodies. All survivors wearing armor on the body location, which tends to be most survivors, roll on the table. On 1 to 5, you disrobe, tearing the armor from your body. When you put it back on, it's worse to wear. Reduce the armor points to your body location by half, round it up, which is kind of bad because obviously the body gets hit a third of the time as opposed to the rest. Uh, And a 6 plus removing your body is a refreshing change of pace. Gain a plus one movement token and reduce armor points to your body location by half. So either way, choking heat is going to remove your armor points by half. But as I've uh, noticed, and we need to go back and talk about this, uh, at the end of these, there's not that many locations where you face Flower Knight specific events. When you,
0: yeah, it's pretty, like, the most you can do is level three, which you hit three of them if he doesn't move.
1: He doesn't tend to move very much. Uh, right, then we have Watched. While walking among the enormous scaly trunks of massive trees, the survivors come to a clearing. Thin, black, naked birches stand in a strange row before them. As they approach, the ground twists and tw- twitches and twists violently, knocking the survivors off their feet. A slit in the ground forms and winds, revealing the moist memory of an enormous eye. Reduce all survivors through insanity to zero as they run away screaming, followed by the gaze of one colossal eye. Again, a bit of brain damage, but as I said, that's not something. Well, it's not brain damage here, it's insanity loss. But that's not something you should be
0: too concerned about. I want more no, I want to know more about this eye,
1: yeah, well, maybe it's has something in common with the witches, or maybe it's just the fact that the flora and fauna in the abyssal woods is weird. I mean, if we look at some of the pictures, you'll see uh there's like eyeball plants and stuff, so it's um it's definitely an odd place,
0: all right, so we have two events left
1: we do uh then we have shower. A sudden downpour sucks the survivors. To the horror, the droplets stick to their skin. Crawling and burrowing hungry, everyone has to roll on the table one at a time. On a 1, Hungry slugs E to 8 your armor. You lose all armor points at the hit location with most armor points. So that's pretty bad. 2 to 4, Aching a- Rash. If you have any unarmored hit locations, gain a minus 1 accuracy token. Um, on a 5 to 9... So the most likely result, you get plus one armor to random location. And then the 10 result um, gives you plus one permanent speed and plus one permanent accuracy, which isn't too bad. I would take that and not be too concerned about it. You don't mind the plus speed here? Well, you can always wield a slow weapon to get round plus speed. So, you know, it's like there's ways of mitigating gaining lots of speed on a survivor. Um and it's just worth noting that every single one of these events so far doesn't trigger a random hunt event roll with the exception of the one which are on a 1-5 to woolly route. So it's not often that you have extra random hunt events once you're into the gate, it, past the gate and into the forest. Um, so the last one is the Forest Event Horizon. Thinned dappled trees grow all around, crossing dizzily overhead and leaning in the same direction. In the pits of their stomachs the survivors feel an aching pull along the tree line in the same direction. Helplessly disorientated, the survivors are drawn off their course, every step their bodies uh, every step pulling their bodies ever faster into darkness. These survivors roll one D ten. If there is a total results of less than five, the survivors are pulled into a swirling singularity and never seen again. They're dead. Do not gain the benefits in Settlements Death Principle. Otherwise roll a handom- random hunt event, so uh, as you can see, this is absolutely horrific. This is the um, the black hole at the middle of the Abyssal Forest. This is like the event you don't want to draw.
0: Uh, but like four survivors rolling 40 tens to get less than a five is pretty, pretty rare. Very, very unlikely. But, uh,
1: you know, it's going to be frightening and scary. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it will trigger a random hunt event if if they don't all get sucked off into oblivion. So uh, it's cool, it's thematic, um, and I haven't ever had this result in everyone dying. um, But I think it's a good argument for survival of the fittest, working well with a flower
0: knight. All right, anything else we want to talk about during the hunt phase?
1: No, no, I mean, we very briefly touched on the fact that all of these events occur after the forest wants what it wants, and there's not many of them. Uh, we've been through "Forest Wants What It Wants" before, so just to remind people, uh, in, in in brief, it's a fantastic event. I prefer it over overwhelming darkness, um, and it's nice because it forces you to take some punishment to get to uh, get a success. Um, but it is like it's not just
0: roll and something happens it's roll and then make decisions on what's going to happen all right so let's get into the showdown now taking a look here uh the uh background picture what what is that behind the flower night uh your
1: guess is as good as mine it seems to be a bunch of fingers and heads on fingers or maybe uh they're vines with heads or something who knows um I don't think I've always wondered myself, uh, and I have no idea. But um, maybe when next time you interview Poots, you could ask him. What
0: is this? Yeah,
1: bring that along with you and hold it up and go. What are these things behind? Yeah. So um, the the first thing is you saying there's a little bit of extra fluff about the flower knight. In the heart of the forest dwells a delicate gardener who appreciates solitude over all things. Sadly, the dangerous flora and fauna it cultivates are desired by many. To preserve the hidden world it's created for itself, it trades its tools for a deadly blade without hesitation. So, the Flower Knight is basically an owl-headed garden. Um, and, again, lands within the category of knights that are quite sort of passive and not really out to cause uh, death and destruction and mayhem and the like. This one's just looking after its land. Um, the Flower Knight... Uh, his instinct is uh, germinate. Scattered pollen flows back to the fairy ring. You place the flower knight in the centre of the showdown board, and you remove a plus one luck token from all survivors. And luck tokens are quite a mechanic within the flower knight showdown. Um, The showdown itself is set up with the fairy ring in the middle of the board, which is a ring that reaches roughly circular out to around four, between three and four spaces. It's more or less like four spaces in each direction. Um, unless you count diagonals and no terrain can exist within the ring whatsoever. Like it can't be placed in there. It can't be moved there. Uh, it's, uh, if it's supposed to be put there, it never exists. So it's like a, an, an area of, um, by the roost literally just a, ring. in addition, there's a flower patch terrain card set up normally.
0: Um, do you have the details of the flower patch? I don't have it in front of me, but it's a patch of flowers that you can pretty much just grab and, uh, Hopefully get a plus one luck token.
1: Yeah, I think it's on a two plus. You get plus one luck and a flower resource.
0: Um, yeah, so it's a fairly decent
1: piece of terrain. Uh, and um, then there's one random terrain card set up. The flower knight sets up in the middle, in the ring. The survivors all set up on the edge of the ring. So they are five spaces away from the flower knight's Well, There's a gap of four, and they're in the fifth space. Um, can you run through the flower knight levels for me, Josh?
0: Yeah, I can do that. Uh, Traits. All right, so a level one is going to have seven basics, four advanced, so he would have a total of 12 health, uh, with seven movement and six toughness. Uh, level two... same as, Sorry, it's the same as the prologue white line, I'd just like to point out. All right, level two has eight basics, four advanced, one legendary, uh, so that's a total of 14 health. He gets eight movement, seven uh, eight toughness, and a plus one damage token. Yep. So a little bit tamer than most level 2s because they normally get a plus 1 speed and damage. Yes. Then we have a level 3, which is 9 basic, 5 advanced, and 2 legendaries, a movement of 9, toughness of 11, plus 1 speed, plus 2 damage, again, a little bit weaker than normal level 3s.
1: Yes. Yep. Uh, right, so then on the traits front, the level 1 has the bloom and set roots trait, and these traits stay with every single... Uh, incarnation of the flower knight uh, bloom is a. Um, it's basically triggered by certain uh, AI cards um, as target a random survivor outside the fairy ring they suddenly vanish, gain a plus one luck token, are doomed until the end of the monster turn they emerge from a flower and they're placed standing in the closest three space inside the fairy ring and then the flower knight will turn to face them set roots is the flower knight has a plus one damage token for each survivor in the fairy ring um, the flower knight does not allow terrain to exist inside the fairy ring. If terrain tile move into the fairy ring, it stops short its border. If it should be placed inside the fairy ring, nothing happens. It doesn't get placed. So as I mentioned, creates that kind of area where there's nothing but the ring. Uh, right. Then at level two, uh, the flower knight gains the razor bulb straight, which is a bunch of uh, dangerous hooked vines face inwards towards the center of the ring kind of like those hooks you see in um, car parks to stop cars racing out the exit. Uh, whenever a survivor leaves the fairy ring, they gain a bleeding token. So this kind of, uh, you'll find as you go through with the Flower Knight, a lot of the fight is about dancing in and out of the ring. Um, razor bulbs make that a little bit more risky, because each time he leaves, you gain bleeding tokens, and the Flower Knight does do a little bit bleed himself. So bandages are kind of should be a consideration when you're hunting the level 2 or 3 Flower Knight. Speaking of which, on the level 3, the first thing is the Flower Knight uh, has perfect aim. This is, I believe, the only monster currently who uh, actually has his own perfect hit effect. So monsters can roll perfect hits, um, but the Flower Knight's the only one who ever triggers on it. And when he rolls a perfect hit, he devastates his five defences and they lose one armor at all hit locations. So, like, that doesn't even matter if you dodge it or whatever afterwards. He will already just destroy... A load of your armor, as you can see on the card, there is shattering the heck out of a poor survivor's lantern armor.
0: Yeah, that could be painful.
1: Yeah, as I said, like the level three, like takes a bit of a ramp up in difficulty, like a surprising jump up. The other thing, um, and this is the one that kind of really changes the flavor of the uh, the level three flower night, is heart of the woods, because um, we assume the showdown against level three takes place somewhere near the um, black hole at the center of the abyssal woods. And at the start of the survivor's turn, all survivors adjacent to the board edge are sucked off into the darkness of the woods and are lost forever. They're dead, you don't get the benefits of cannibalize. Then all survivors outside the fairy ring suffer knockback five towards the closest board edge. So you have to take a very careful, measured um, play and ensure that you're not going to be in the situation where any knockback will smack you to the edge of the board uh, without the ability to dash and avoid being dragged off into uh, oblivion and the like. Um... Uh, or or you can take the big um thing which the games try to encourage you to do here, which is get everybody inside the ring, which will give the flower knight several plus damage tokens
0: so look at the picture it looks like fingers crawling out and grabbing the survivors
1: yeah, it does have a, a bit of kind of that look to it, yeah, yeah, they're like uh, finger like vines, so that could well be what there actually is there isn't a f- uh, a part of the um the the f- flora. Um, but I'd imagine the pull-in effect is also to do with the, the black hole. Um, and yeah, as I said, when you face to level three, you never, ever, ever want to go there
0: without Surge and Dash. And probably bandages.
1: Yeah. Um, also, it's... Yeah, def- yeah definitely bandages. Uh, there's uh, You may want to consider as well the Feather Mantle from the Phoenix, which reduces the amount of knockback you uh, can take, I believe. It knocks it down to three. So uh, that's a... A case for an item that a lot of people overlook that actually has some use. Uh, yes, when if you suffer knockback, you may ignore collision with the other survivors and reduce the movement by up to three spaces. So actually, you can just be knocked back two towards the board edge, which is uh, which is really great. So that would be a help, and I think it's kind of a, a nice little um, visual effect as well to have these survivors turn up wearing feather mantles because they look a little bit like sort of dancers' skirts. Yeah.
0: All right, ready to get into the AI cards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we are.
0: I can start us off here. Um, great. I got stinging breeze. Uh, there's two of these, you got two of these cards in the deck. Uh, it's pick target, closest survivor outside the fairy ring in range. So he's targeting people outside the fairy ring. Yep. Uh, he's going to move and attack the target. Two speed, four plus accuracy for one damage. Uh, after damage, target gains plus one luck token. Move the flower knight five spaces towards the center of the showdown board. Target suffer grab. So he's going to grab them and put them in the middle of the showdown board. So he's going to bring more people into the ring.
1: Yeah, basically drag them in. Yeah, and give them a luck token, which is part of his a big part of his mechanics is giving out luck tokens. Do we know why he gives out luck? Like, why is he so lucky? Uh, well, I mean, it seems like the flowers have some kind of links towards luck tokens. I guess in this case, given um, the, it's possibly something to do with the pollen. Because, obviously, if you pick a flower from the flower patch, you've got a very high chance of getting a luck token there. And this person's being dragged along the floor of the fairy ring, um, or being blown in by the uh, stinging breeze, um, you know, what, exactly how. So I think, think, I think it's something to do with the pollen, um, but also mechanically it's to do with his parry ability, which we didn't really touch on. We'll talk about when we get to um, the hit location deck. Alright, so next up I
0: have Gazade. Did I say that right? Yeah. Uh so which is closest threat facing in the fairy ring, closest threat in range, no target germinate. Uh the monster stomps its foot and shrieks frightfully, target suffers one brain damage. Then move and attack, it's a three speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. After damage will move the monster towards the center of the showdown board. Yes. So if he's in the ring, there's no da- if no one's in the ring, there's no damage at a level one. Yeah. Um, okay, so
1: a, um, a glissade is a, a ballet movement. Uh, it's typically used as a joining step in which one leg is brushed outwards from the body, which then takes the weight while the second leg is brushed in to meet it. So, I mean, a kind of... Uh, it's a, Or it's a way of sliding down a steep slope of snow or ice. Go um, to Google. So, it's, it's kind of a little bit that dancing sort of thing, and it is suggested that the flower knight is a very graceful creature.
0: I don't know, it says he stomps his foot and shrieks.
1: Well, he can still be like graceful and a bit churlish. I mean, he, he displays a lot of bird-like qualities as well. And I don't know if you spent much time around birds, but they can be like that. Uh, be graceful one moment, and the next moment they're screaming at you and trying to bite you and raging over nothing.
0: All right, so next up I have Salute. Closest threat facing in the fairy ring, closest threat in range. Moving attack target three speed two plus accuracy zero damage. Um, afterwards, is if target did not suffer any injuries, like heavy, or severe from this attack, the monster salutes, raising its blade and peering into the target's eyes. Target suffers monster level brain damage.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so uh, this is one of the few that deals the deals brain damage. I mean, it it doesn't deal as much as most. Um, again, as you can see, zero damage. The flower knight is quite tame if you're not inside the flower ring with it, um, fairy ring. And one of the things you can do versus the level one and sometimes the level two is you can kite it outside of the fairy ring almost permanently. So, um, and then it's almost harmless. Uh, It's, well, you know, it's a knight, it's a noble creature. It's um, It's not an aggressive, nasty quarry like most. In fact, I hope. Most people feel bad when they go out and chop the Flower Knight into little bits because he's he's not really a dangerous, nasty individual.
0: He just wants to be in his garden and we're just stomping all on his flowers. Exactly. Up next, I have Pommel Punch. If there are no threats in the Flower Ring, perform Bloom. So I think all the rest of the basics are going to perform Bloom. uh, So it's uh, pick target, closest threat facing in Fairy Ring, closest threat in Fairy Ring. No target germinate. Move and attack one speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. Like the other cards, before damage, hunt head on or This attack always hits the target's head location.
1: Yep, a lot like the um, the white line one, although this has the extra threat of if you've experienced the hunt event that has reduced uh, has caused the um, the the event damage to your head, then uh, you uh, you yes yeah, sudden life. Then there's an extra risk to this, but at least against the level one and the level two. You can normally just dodge this, and you should save a dodge for this, unless you've got a lot of
0: head armor. All right, next up we have Disarm. If there's no survivors in the fairy ring, perform Bloom. Closest threat facing in the fairy ring. Closest survivor in the fairy ring. Move an attack target. If the target is knocked down, they stand. So he stands them up before he hits them? is an honorable knight. So three speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. After damage, survivor weapons are knocked out of their hands. They must spend movement... And activation in order to achieve them before activating any weapons again other than fist and tooth.
1: So, this is like a more impressive version of the way the antelope knocks um, weapons out of survivors' hands. Uh, but this one, of course, is every single weapon, all of them, um, and uh, except for your hands and fists yourselves. Which uh, this is the flower knight. And if he's a level one, you probably should be punching him anyway, or have deadly. Oh, well, yes. yes, Or have Deadly anyway, but um, as I was going to get into, I may as well mention it now, because he's only got six toughness, the level one Flower Knight is one of the best monsters to train fist and tooth on. Uh, You know, like, you could literally just take out a bunch of um, uh, uh, weaponless survivors and punch him to death. That is true. Yeah, Uh, I do like the theme of this, and, you know, it's pretty cool and great, and again, it, it fits into this whole idea of this agile um, delicate fencer type, which, when you look at the model as well, it's actually kind of impressive to think he's so skilled with what is a huge piece of, a huge weapon. It's absolutely massive. The um,
0: the great sword that he uses. Yeah. Alright. Power sword. Yeah. So next up we have Appel. A yes. Uh, if there's no survivors in the fairy ring, perform bloom. Closest hurt face in the fairy ring. Closest survivor in the fairy ring. No target. Germinate. He's going to move and attack. Two speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. After damage, target suffers a knockback seven and gains minus one luck token.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Uh, I just checked this
1: one up uh, just to remind myself. There, this appell is like um, used in fencing, uh, so it's like a stamp of the foot. Uh, so formally serving as a warning of one's intent to attack, but it's also used as a feint, or it can be a sharp stroke of the blade used for pur- pur- purposes of procuring an opening. So, it's again holding into the fencing theme of the, the flower knight here. Uh Back seven is terrifying against the level three.
0: Yeah, that sounds really nasty. Uh I, I like that he uses a great sword to defense with.
1: Well he's you know, he's obviously very strong. He might be delicate and mostly constructed out of flowers, but he's uh he's very powerful. And strong.
0: Alright, next up we have the bladed kick. If there are no threats in the fairy ring, perform bloom. And then it's closest threat facing in the fairy ring, closest threat in the fairy ring, no target, germinate, move and attack target. 2 speed, 2 plus accuracy, 0 damage, after damage, target suffers, knockback 7, and bleed 1. Yep, so uh, uh, much like
1: most monsters that kick you, he uh, knocks you back quite severely. Uh, And again, this one, the bleed is uh, problematic, and the knockback 7 is quite frightening as well. Um, On top of that, versus level um, 2 and 3, if this happens to you, it's likely you're going out of the ring and gaining a second bleeding token process. So it's one of his more threatening attacks, and it is worth noting that even if he deals zero damage, um, they will still trigger the after damage triggers.
0: All right, next up we have Pollen Strike. No, th- If there are no threats in the fairy ring, perform Bloom, close to Survivor, uh, no target, germinate. Uh, movement attack target, two speed, four plus accuracy, zero damage. Afterwards, if the target did not suffer any injuries, light, heavy, or severe, green dust spews from the Flower Knight, making them feel dizzy, gain target gains minus one strength token.
1: Yeah. So versus the level one and the level two, this often just results in somebody getting a minus one strength token. Uh, it has a not lot of flow stops, uh, flow steps on this one. It's like flow step after bloom. All of them have a flow step after bloom, um, and then a um, flow step after picking the target and a flow step before it spews the dust. So lots of opportunities to do survival actions. Uh,
0: one left. Yeah, one less uh, venomous sting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are no threats perform- in the ugh, no threats in the fairy ring, perform bloom. Pick target closest threat facing the fairy ring. Closest target, closest threat in fairy ring. No tar- target. Germinate. Move and attack target. Three speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. Um, then a flow. If target did not suffer any injuries, the flower knight draws its stinger. Target gains two bleed tokens. Mm.
1: So who knows where its stinger is? Uh, whether it's an insectile stinger or perhaps it's a a dagger. But uh, gaining two bleeding tokens can be quite frightening.
0: I think it's on his butt.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's just because you can't see his butt underneath his uh, wonderful, gigantic uh, robes and flowers and vines and stuff. So maybe.
0: Yeah, And uh, speaking of butts, uh, Matt is here. Hello, everyone. Hey, Matt. I didn't miss anything fun, did I?
1: Um, all of the basics and the hunt and the discussion on the Flower Knight's law.
2: Kind of upset that I missed that.
1: Oh, well, I mean, the main thing you need to take from this is he's an elemental knight who's the guardian of the uh, Woods, and he's a nice, solitary, pleasant gardener who's doing no harm but everybody wants his stuff and goes and beats him up for it.
2: Sounds about right. I could dig it.
0: Fantasy, like an old man telling everyone to get off his lawn? Is that what he's doing? Um, I, I don't think he is actually
1: because he doesn't really seem to talk at all. The Flower Knight, um, but maybe you know. I think it's more like he's a long-suffering, silent, mute. Um,
2: You're getting deep it, with that, fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just thinking. I, I did say a bit earlier. He is, he is quite bird-like as well at times. So maybe he does have more in common with the Phoenix. But we know that the Phoenix roosts in the Abyssal Woods, anyway. So there's, uh, and that the Phoenix poop. Uh, is the reason that the Dung Beetle Knights went to the Abyssal Woods. Uh, there's a lot of um, things linking those three monsters, so i would be very surprised if the Abyssal Woods doesn't include the Phoenix as a huntable quarry. Uh, yeah, there we are. That's uh, it's more or less got you at the speed roughly on the lore, apart from the black hole at the center of the forest, which I'm sure you're aware of.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. So where are we at now, gentlemen?
1: Uh, advanced AI cards. Ooh, Fantastic.
0: And uh, car cam's broken, so I can't show these off on the camera. Oh,
2: boy. Okay. It's going to be
0: difficult for me then. So uh next up, we have uh, Continuation, which is uh pick target closest survivor in fairy ring. No target, germinate. Movement attack target, two speed, two accuracy, zero damage. After damage, bleed one. Then a flow. Perform this card again. Choose a new target. Repeat this until the flower knight attacks all possible targets. So he beats up everyone in the ring. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh... Yep. Um, and then he'll germinate at the end, will he? No, he won't, no. He, he'll he stop doing it if all possible targets have been attacked,
0: yeah. Yeah, so if everyone's in the ring, he just beats them up and gives them bleed. Everyone get a bleed, yeah. Uh, next up is uh, 1,000 cuts. Uh, closest threat facing in fairy ring, closest survivor in range, no target germinate. Uh, movement attack target, 3 speed, 2 plus accuracy, 1 damage reaction a damage here. Um, And then if the target did not suffer any injuries, uh, perform this card again, targeting the same survivor.
2: Yeah. So when when do you repeat
0: that one again, Josh? So he has this thing where if the target did not suffer any injuries, light, heavy, or severe, perform this card again, targeting the same survivor. So he does that a lot uh, if he doesn't do any injuries. Right. So not if it doesn't hit you, it has to actually
2: injure you. Yeah. Past your armor. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: Next up is Magistic. Majestic onslaught. Uh, perform bloom. Uh, then pick target. Closest, uh, facing in the fair ring. Closest threat in range. No target terminate. Move and attack target. Three speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. After damage is bleed one. And then again, if the target did not suffer any injuries, the flower knight sh- shrieks angrily. All survivors suffer 1d10 brain damage. Roll for each survivor.
1: So this is one of those ones that, as I said, like he doesn't deal too much brain damage, but he can do, and he, uh, he's sneaky
0: about it. He is. He is. All right. Up next is Wrathful Vi- Vine Strike. Ugh. Perform Bloom. Place the Flower Knight in the center of the showdown board. Target all survivors in the Fairy Ring. Move and attack targets. Perform a separate attack against each target. Each attack gains plus one speed for every survivor in the Fairy Ring. Two speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage, after damage, knockback seven.
2: Yeah. So just get out of my fairy ring.
0: Yeah, and
1: there's the added problem of Heart of the Woods with all the knockback on this. So, uh, like, the Flower Knight fight, as we've seen in the cards, attempts to encourage all the survivors to get inside the ring, but then punishes them all for getting inside the ring. So it's kind of very much... Uh, something you need to figure out how many survivors you want to have inside and how many you want to keep on the outside. This one, I feel, encourages you to just have maybe one person inside.
2: It's a bit of a double-edged sword there.
0: Yes. All right, next up is Vain Flourish. If there are no threats in the fairy ring, perform Bloom twice. Then pick target all threats in the fairy ring. Perform a separate attack on each target. Uh, Speed 2, 2 plus accuracy, 0 damage. After damage, target suffers... Bash, and bleed one. So this is something where you want to have one person in there.
1: Yep, you want to have one person in there, and uh, again, as we are noticing, bandages are a pretty good thing against the uh, Flower Knight. Uh, as in, with his sort of fencing style and 1,000 cuts and everything, he's very prone to trying to bleed people to death.
0: All right, next up is Invitation. The Flower Knight gains plus two damage and minus two toughness token until the end of the round. Big target, closest threat facing the fair ring, closest threat in range, no target germinate. Uh, moving attack target. Uh, three speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. After damage, target suffers knockback seven and gains minus one strength token. Yep. Again, that knockback seven, which is an inconvenience
1: versus the level one, but becomes a a problem again the level two with the razor bulbs and becomes a serious threat when you're facing the level three. And it's worth noting this kind of stuff is um this is knockback seven uh without any flow steps. So, you know, you, you get knocked back and then at the start of the turn, if you've landed on the edge of the board, you're going to get uh, pulled off into oblivion. So you want to fight the Flower Knight on, by standing on the long edges of the board um, when you're against the level, the short edges of the board, sorry, against the level three. You do not want to be fighting either on the, let's call it the north and south sides of the showdown board. You want to be fighting on the east and west. So you can be knocked back seven and not immediately hit the edge of the board.
2: So this card being the invitation is kind of an invitation for you to use your uh, surges here if you've got him in that flow step to um, take advantage of that minus two toughness that he has.
1: Absolutely, and then you'll get to beat on him as well in your own um, turn because it's until the end of the round. Was Not it, very the true. Round? No, no, wait, yeah, it's the round, yeah, because it's the monster's turn, but it's the round. So you can deal a lot of damage to him when he invites.
2: But you could also have the potential of getting beat up yourself a little bit.
1: Yep, or getting beat up, or kicked off the board edge. Yeah, and of course, if everyone jumps into attacking while he's in the flower ring, then he's going to get a lot of extra damage tokens as well. So potentially his next attack could be absolutely devastating for people. You can imagine uh, invitation being followed up by continuation, for example.
2: That's uh, that's when you make sure that you use your rawhide headband.
1: Yes, pay attention. Yeah. So, what do we got up next, Josh? All
0: right, next up, we're going to go in his mood cards. Uh, so, next up is Cocoon. The Flower Knight takes a knee. This While this card is in play, the Flower Knight has plus three toughness tokens. While this card is in play, perform heal one instead of draw an AI cards. Discard Cocoon when no cards remain in the wound stack or when the Flower Knight is wounded. Uh, Bruised Ego, Discard Cocoon.
2: Yep. So this is the one where y'all want to gang up and beat the ever living crap out of him unless he's got like one damage to him.
0: Yeah, you
1: got to get in and hit him quick to deal with this. Uh, unless, of course, as you said, he's uh, he's not particularly damaged. But um, there's a flip side to this. You can, If if you have Cocoon and it turns up, you can use it to heal him up fully and then go for another round of crit farming to draw out his entire resource deck and get all of the nice resources.
2: So, oh, that's true. I didn't think of that. If, you, uh, if you're if you able to circumvent all of his attacks with your evasion and dodging, then yeah, Zeus has an opportunity to crit yeah. farm him.
1: Yeah, yeah. If you've had a fairly soft, easy fight, uh, say against the level one, yeah, any cocoons, you can let him heal up entirely, and then he discards the cocoon. He doesn't even remove it from play, archive it or anything, and you can go around again. So,
2: that is, unless you uh, you get a little cocky in your strategy for that, and uh, you wind he winds up killing you on the second go around.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but I mean, the level one flower knight. What's the odds of uh, <laughs> odds of him actually killing someone if you're halfway prepared?
2: Very true. Very true.
1: Yeah. We'll just have to see how things go in the future. But yeah, this is like... I was working on um on how to crit farm the uh, antelope. I completely forgot that it's even easier to do it versus the Flower Knight with Cocoon. So the only uh, real thing is, of course, uh, the Flower Knight's not guaranteed to have Cocoon because he only has, say, four or five advanced cards from this big pile. But when it does come up, you now know what to do, guys. Empty the deck, get all the flowers, take all of his stuff.
0: And he's easier to crit farm because he just gives you luck tokens.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and you can get you know use it as an opportunity to get uh, that we're wonderful we're secret we're fighting art on everyone as well. Whoop whoop six
0: thirty nine BR
1: Jeez, cocoon. That's a bit of a bit of a good one. I, yeah, that's that's uh,
2: much more usable than I thought with the crit farming coming into play there.
1: Yeah, I, I've often said, like, the Flower Knight is one of the easiest things to do to farm tons of resources, um, even though they're perishable, which isn't an issue because the stone circle could be used to turn any spare ones into basic resources. But, it, my God, now, if you get a cocoon in Flower Knight, then, oh, geez, it's even easier. Kingdom Death, <laughs> a Wealth of ex- uh, wealth of Riches mode, an
0: embarrassment of them. Right, uh, let's go on to a nastier mood, shall we? Uh, entrancing Gaze. Uh, when this card comes into play, draw an A card. Uh, the eyes in the Flower Knight's helm glow intensely, bringing st- stinging tears to the survivors' faces. All survivors suffer minus three accuracy while they are in the Flower Knight's facing. Uh, Bruce Ego discard Enchanting Gaze.
2: So you just can't stand in front of him when you're attacking him with this one.
1: Yeah. You won't attack him from the front. Uh, it's pretty cool can make things awkward if you're fighting the level 3 because there's already two fronts you don't want to be fighting him on this will give you a third one and you'll end up basically trying to attack him in the blind spot or just sucking up the fact that you've got minus 3 accuracy which some survivors minus 3 accuracy doesn't do very much to uh, stop them. I'm sure
2: Pretty you've sure had one or two
1: guys like that.
2: Yeah, just a just a few. We've had ways of mitigating that.
0: Yeah. All right, next up is hyper vigilance. Uh, when this comes to play, draw an A card. At the end of each monster's turn, if there are any threats in the fairy ring, perform basic action.
2: So just an extra basic action if you are standing in the fairy ring.
1: Yep. Uh, makes the whole experience a little bit more uh, more dangerous, I think. Uh, we, we may have skipped that. You mentioned as basic action, did we? Uh,
0: no, we did not go over the basic action. we go over that in a minute. Um, again, this is, has, has a bruise ego where discard hypervigilance.
1: Yeah, I think I'm of the opinion like if you know that he doesn't have cocoon, then you probably want to bruise his ego when it happens. But otherwise, uh, it looks like uh, bruise the ego is actually
0: a persistent injury you don't really want to inflict too often. And then uh, noxious is the last mood, which is this comes to play draw an a card at the end of the survivors' turn. All survivors inside the fairy ring are knocked down, and again, bruise the ego gets rid of this.
1: Cool.
2: Yeah. The fairy ring smells so bad that you fall down at the end of your turn.
1: Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Stinky flowers. Like that, uh... Like the big the big rotten-smelling one. Which would make for a great kingdom-death monster, don't you think? A gigantic flower in the middle? Absolutely. Although it might be a little bit too much like the lonely tree. It would need some stuff to make it uh, make it more different.
2: I'm sure Poots could figure something out.
1: Yeah. I, I, well, I hope he does give us a, a carnivorous... Well, he's only given us a carnivorous plant. A big stinky flower. Even if it's just a terrain card. Yeah. Flat poots in the abyssal woods. Stinky flower. Or riot.
2: You know everyone's just going to want to eat it, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I hope you can pick it and eat it and have a chance of dying. It's not kingdom death unless there's a chance of dying. Uh, Indeed.
0: Uh, real quick, the basic action is if there's no threat in the fairy ring, perform bloom, uh, pick target, closest threat face in the fairy ring, closest survivor in range, no target germinate, then move and attack target, three speed, two plus accuracy, zero damage. So pretty kind of tame. Yeah, it is.
1: It is pretty tame. Uh, right. So we just got legendaries left, haven't we? And there are three of them.
0: Yeah. Most you'll ever see two per fight. All right. So first up, we have Exterminate. Uh, Closest threat facing in the fairy ring. Closest survivor in range. No target germinate. Move and attack target. Three speed. Two plus accuracy. One damage. If target did not suffer any severe injuries, perform this card again targeting the same survivor.
1: You will suffer a severe injury. That's what the Flower Knight's telling us here. It must happen if he gets his attack off. So That's pretty mean. It is pretty mean. Uh, Luckily, it's a, you know, you can get rid of this with some clever rawhide headbanding to make sure that it's when well, it's removed, but you know, if anyone unleashes their inner Dalek, it's going to be a scary experience. Yeah. I, I do think, though, this is maybe the least scary of the three legendaries. Um, the main thing with this is to make sure you're you're packing stuff like um, stuff that will ignore the severe injuries once you take them, like the Gormant Armour, or uh, Canthus, or... Uh, tough or unbreakable things like that.
2: So a question for you here fan um yep. the acanthus dridecanthus that is when you would suffer a severe injury instead yeah. so does yeah
1: so I'm does not that... sure I would say that in the case of the dridecanthus if you he would probably hit you again now we now we're actually discussing it um cuz you haven't but suffered but hang on let me pull up exactly the text on dridecanthus and
2: uh because that just makes it even worse than if there's, like, you can't dodge it with the Drydacanthus. You'd have to maybe use something like the Healing Potion from no, no. the worm.
1: The Drydacanthus says when you suffer a severe injury, ignore it and archive this card instead. So you have to have suffered the severe injury in order to be able to trigger the Drydacanthus. So I would say in this case, you have suffered the injury, but you've ignored it. So, okay.
0: That sounds uh, good to me. That, that,
1: uh, the, that's, you know, that's what the wording in Drydacanthus seems to indicate there.
0: Uh, so... Which one next, Josh? Uh, Let's do uh, Nature Reflection. Closest target in fairy ring, closest threat in range, no target germinate, move and attack target. 3 speed, 2 plus accuracy, star damage. Uh, After damage, damage from the attack is the strength of a random melee weapon in the target's gear grid. The weapon is knocked out of the survivor's hand. They must spend activation and movement outside the fairy ring in order to retrieve it before it can be used again. (laughs) So, this is basically, in some way or another,
1: he takes a weapon from you, he hits you with it, and then th- throws it, stop hitting yourself, and then throws it away. Uh, uh, so, here's a, I, I, here's a question, then, I guess. So, Poots has recently said um, that you can use blood paint to trigger um, the fist and tooth if you put the blood paint next to the fist and tooth. So, uh, you guys are aware of that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So... Does this mean that for the purposes of Nature Reflection, you have to include fist and tooth in amongst the random weapons that could be chosen? Otherwise, if somebody's attacking him with no weapons whatsoever, this doesn't do anything if they're, like, fist and tooth. I would,
2: like, maybe assume, like, he grabs your wrist and he starts punching in the face with your own hands. But then does he, like, rip your arm off and throw it outside the ring and you have to go and pick it up?
1: (laughs) and Stick it back on. Yeah, who knows? So, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what the decision here is. I mean, you, it sounds like now that Blood Paint will trigger Fist and Tooth, that Fist and Tooth is kind of sort of in the gear grid.
2: So, the so question for you here is Fist and Tooth is considered a melee weapon,
1: right? Absolutely, yeah. It is a melee weapon,
2: yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if it, it carried the melee text or not.
0: It does, yeah. Uh, but looking at Blood Paint, it says activate weapon gear to the left and right. It doesn't necessarily have to say it has to be in the grid. So, I, th- I think it's outside the grid.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's fair enough. But then, um, so if you're unarmed and you're fighting fist and tooth, then this has a
0: zero damage strength. Or if you have a bow and you're doing ranged attacks.
1: Yeah, same again. You've got no melee weapons. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we're getting towards something I was going to talk about um, when we finish summarizing this. So we'll do attenuating weeds, and then we'll do a little wrap-up on like some... Uh, general rules on when what you're doing when you're fighting the Flower Knight and how to prepare for him and stuff. So, attenuating weeds.
0: When a survivor enters the Fairy Ring, remove one of their plus one luck tokens. If they have none, they instead gain a minus one luck token.
1: Yep. So this is a legendary that kind of works against the mechanic that Flower Knight has to give you luck tokens, uh, which can make the fight very problematic. Uh, it's a trait as well. So if this hits the table, there's no getting rid of it. Um, So if you do see it uh, via Rawhide headband manipulation, get rid of it. Um, And I think the other thing worth mentioning is that apparently we're going to get two more uh, Flower Knight AI cards, thanks to you guys. Yep, thanks to all of you at Twist Gaming to try and make the Flower Knight more deadly and dangerous.
2: What makes you say that, Fan?
1: Well, you did it. And I've said if if they're not traits that start in play, it ain't going to be good enough. Sorry, Poots. You need to make them traits. They need to be given to all levels of the Flower Knight. Otherwise, we're just going to rawhide headband them and get rid of them via wounds.
0: There are going to be a totally new AI card that's above traits that are just going to be even worse.
1: <laughs> yeah. There they will, they will need to be something interesting to actually have an impact on making this fight easier. Um, anyway, so we are on to general sort of um, rules and bits and pieces. So first of all, if you want an easy time versus the Flower Knight... Uh, the level 1 can just be punched to pieces, and actually, so can the level 2. You can just give them a good fisting. Um, the le- But all of the Flower Knights are super vulnerable to range attacks, so if you've ever played a campaign with everybody rocking bows, which I recommend everybody try at least once, because it's kind of interesting to see how the game doesn't quite work right if everybody takes ranged weapons. Um, the monster, A lot of the monsters struggle versus a party of, of bowmen. Um, well, you're not having to stand in the fairy ring, so the flower knight might pull people in and they walk out. But there's just basically like no one, no one there. Or you can play with one tank who spends his entire time in the ring, and everybody else is on bows shooting the flower knight from a distance. So um, that's like one of the, the great things to just deal with in fist and tooth and bows. Fantastic.
2: I believe that's something we did quasi in our personal campaign, right, Josh, where we had one main tank going in and we had one or two people with ranged weapons and then someone with a reach weapon kind of poking at the Flower Knight when he got near the
1: boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the way most people tend to do it, is to pull the Flower Knight nearer to the edge and poke him with a reach weapon and use some bows. Uh, Support weapon-wise, support character-wise, it's generally great to have somebody with a, a rawhide headband just to deal with the more tricky sort of AI traits and make sure they get the milled away as wounds. And as we said, like, Cocoon is, uh, well, as we will see when we go through the hit locations, the Flower Knight is very much about scoring critical hits against him um, to generate resources. And in fact, the whole sort of design of the Flower Knight fight is based around increasing chances of critical hits. So pack your deadly weapons to get a head start on that.
2: And your bandages.
1: Yeah. Um, otherwise, like as I mentioned, the Feather Mantle you'll want versus level 3. Uh, it can trivialize one of the nastiest sort of insta-death experiences you can have. Um, but a clever positioning would allow you to avoid that happening too much versus level 3 anyway. Beyond that, usual suspects. Bandages, you're going to want to want them. Maybe two rounds of bandages. Luck stones, again, increase your luck. Um, uh, shields are great. Um and as we saw, dried acanthus is quite helpful for certain situations.
2: Dried acanthus and other uh, critical hit mitigating, or I'm sorry, not critical hit, uh, severe injury mitigating items.
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Such as the, uh, what is it? The heavy leather breastplate, the one from the Vagabond set, that does it, and Gormant Arm is very good at doing it as well.
2: Josh, any uh, anecdotes you want to add there before we get into the
0: next section? I think you got everything.
1: Yeah, so it's probably going to be, do you think we have time to do the hit location deck? Yeah, I think we can hit that out. Yeah, okay, so we'll bang up the hit location deck, which means then the next episode we'll go through the timeline events, the gear, uh, I'll provide some builds, we'll do the disorders and the fighting arts and the secret fighting arts, which I'm sure everyone's looking forward to talking about the secret fighting arts. And the resources and the tricks and stuff you can do with the resources. Um, yeah, so would you like to take us away on the hit locations.
2: All right, I've actually got them in front of me. Uh, if you have a specific order you'd like to do them in.
1: Oh no, not really. Just leave the trap uh, to and uh, the till last, and the parry. I think we could do the parry locations just before the trap.
2: Sounds good to me. Uh, so I'll do them in the order I have here. So starting off, I've got writhing flora, which is an impervious location here. And uh, Writhing Flora's text is twisting blossoms and vines sail through the air, uh, falling harmlessly at the Flower Knight's feet. There are no reactions on this. Uh, there is a crit, though, and that is if you critical wound this location, the attacker gains the priority target token and a plus one luck token. And then this is going to give him his bruised ego.
1: Yeah, this is the only persistent injury that the Flower Knight can suffer, which is the Bruised Ego. And as we've noted, um, the Bruised Ego mostly negates the Flower... Well, it entirely negates the Flower Knight's moods, which is uh, quite nice and effective. Um, but it will disable cocoons, so you sort of want to watch out for that if, you're, if you know the Flower Knight has cocoon and you're planning to farm.
2: Absolutely so then next up we've got armored back this is a failure reaction on here and that is if the attacker is adjacent to the flower knight they suffer bash without turning move the flower knight three spaces towards the center of the showdown board no crit on this card yep
1: nice and straightforward flower knight returning back into the board knocking people down
2: Next up, Delicate Knee Joint. The armor Joint is Delicate, minus two toughness to wound this location. And this is a common theme we're going to see on a couple cards here. Yep. And uh, this has a crit on it of, The Flower Knight's footwork is ruined. All survivors gain a survival. And if the Flower Knight is outside of the Fairy Ring, he gains a minus one speed token. So This is your opportunity to neuter the Flower Knight's attack profile a little bit.
1: Absolutely, and very helpful versus the higher level uh, Flower Knights if you can manage to kite him outside of the... Uh of the uh, flowering, Um, and it's worth noting that minus two toughness there's quite a few monsters have this minus two toughness or plus two toughness, but for the flower knight in particular, this is massive because the flower knight level one has only six toughness, so this is a this is a 33% reduction in its toughness or uh, against the level two, it's a 25% reduction, it's, you know it's big, even the the level uh, three goes from eleven down to nine, you know, which is just under a 20% reduction. I can't be bothered to do the maths exactly in my head right now. Still, so, like, these are very easy-to-wound locations.
2: Absolutely. Um, joining the delicate knee joint is the delicate shoulder joint, and that is, this armor joint is delicate minus two toughness to wound this location, so same profile there. And... This has another critical wound location, again, no reaction, and it is the Flower Knight's sword arm is ruined. The attacker gains one survival and one random flower resource, and then if the Flower Knight is inside the fairy ring, it gains a minus one accuracy token.
1: Which is even better than minus speed tokens, because if the Flower Knight has no accuracy, then uh, he's going to have a bad time.
2: Indeed. And this is interesting because this one is affected by him being inside versus outside of the fairy
1: ring. Yeah, it kind of ties into that idea of trying to get the Flower Knight and the survivors all dancing in and out of the ring, moving back and forth. A bit like two fencers fighting.
2: So we have the Fey Breastplate up next, and this is a wound reaction, and that is the Flower Knight's eyes beam strangely. The attacker gains plus one courage and is an, knocked down unless they spend a survival. So nice things you get the courage there. Having to spend the survival could be annoying depending on uh, how much you have as your settlement limit.
1: Yep, and being knocked down can be quite threatening and dangerous versus level three. Absolutely. And then the crit here
2: is the sight of the elaborate armor in ruins is gratifying. If the flower knight is inside the fairy ring, it gains minus one toughness token, and the attacker gains plus one luck token and one flower resource. That's a fantastic crit profile.
1: It is a really good crit profile. Um, Also, just a a little kind of note on the oddness of the wording on the wound section. Um, I believe the intention of the design here is the attacker gains one courage, and then the separate thing is you get knocked down unless you spend one survival, but you could be forgiven for reading this that you have to get knocked down and gain the courage uh, together unless you spend one survival. So uh, that's not entirely clear on the interpretation there. I imagine, though, most people take it as get plus one courage and then spend a survival to avoid being knocked down.
2: Yeah, it's one sentence, so it could be a little on the confusing side for the interpretation.
1: Yeah, it could have done with a semicolon um, to break away the courage, um, just to make it clear that it's a separate thing, but still.
2: Then we have the Fae Breaches. So this is another wound reaction. And uh, same text. The Flower Knight's eyes beam strangely. Attacker gains plus one courage and is knocked down unless they spend the survival. And the crit profile here is the delicate iridescent fabric is destroyed. The attacker gains plus one luck token and one random flower resource. So not quite as good as the other one, just because you don't get that minus one toughness on the flower knight. Uh, But plus one luck token and another flower resource is very good.
1: It is, it is. I mean, you know, obviously, if you're going to attack a man in his pants, you know, it's a bit underhanded. But uh, these survivors are beating up this guy for for his stuff anyway. We're stomping on his lawn. Yeah, get off my flowers.
2: Feel kind of bad when I think about it that way.
1: Well, I think everybody should feel bad when they go and beat up the flower knight and steal all his stuff because, like, he's—it's really not a nasty monster. It's—it's one of the most passive and pleasant of all monsters to the point that he has no damage unless people are invading his fairy ring.
2: But I want stuff.
1: I know everybody wants stuff. We all want pretty flowers, so he's going to have to die for it over and over and over.
2: Sounds good. Yeah. Then up we have the Fey Helm Wings, which is a reflex reaction, and that's the Flower Knight slowly cranes its neck towards the attacker. If the attacker has any stinky gear in their gear grid, they gain the priority target token. And the crit here is the Flower Knight's helmet is damaged. If the monster is inside the fairy ring, it gains minus one accuracy token, and the attacker gains a plus one luck token and a random flower resource. This might be the best crit location that we've talked
1: about yet. Yeah, it seems to be. But you are smacking him in the head for this. You know, it's it's fair enough. Uh, it's also worth saying that um, almost every attacker tends to have stinky gear early on because most people are rocking uh, monster grease, which makes you stinky. So normally, if you don't crit, you will get the priority target token on this.
2: All right. The Fey Hilt is a wound reaction, and that is if the attacker is adjacent to the Flower Knight, they suffer bash. And then without turning, move the Flower Knight at three spaces towards the center of the showdown board. So again, he knocks you down and then shuffles back to the middle of the board, and yeah, there is no crit on
1: this. Yeah, there's no, this is like a reverse of the failure version, one that we looked at earlier.
2: Indeed, indeed. Uh, so my pronunciation might be off here. The Fey Sabathons.
1: And, uh, do you remember what these are?
2: These are his pointy shoes, right?
1: These are his pointy shoes, yes.
2: I mean, everyone loves a good pair of pointy shoes. I know I've got at least one pair in my closet.
1: A pair of sabotons, yes. Thanks, everyone. They're not uh, as pointy as most, but they are reasonably pointy. Nor
2: are they Fae.
1: Oh, they are Fae. He's he's definitely Fae. He's of the Fae folk. No, I mean mine. Oh, yours? Oh, that's a shame.
2: I'll look at upgrading some other time. Yeah. Um but in the meantime, the, uh, the wound reaction on this card is if the attacker is adjacent to the Flower Knight, they are viciously kicked away. You suffer bash and knockback five.
1: Again, <laughs> just a stress. Bad versus level three and inconvenience versus the level one and level two.
2: And no crit on that. Yep. Next up is the Flowering Bustle. This is super dense. And the reaction is a reflex, and if the attacker is inside the fairy ring, they are entangled in a mess of strangely twisting vines adhering to their legs and gain minus one movement token and a plus one luck token. And the critical here is the attacker may spend monster-level survival to gain plus one permanent accuracy. So that's pretty nice.
1: Yet another reason to farm the level one flower knight, eh? One survival for plus one accuracy? Sounds like a, a deal. A real steal. Sale of the century.
2: And then all of a sudden you're hitting everything on a 2+. plus.
1: Exactly. Um, as as I'm sure most people do know, but the, the bustle is the bit that hangs at the back of the flower knight. Uh, a bustle is actually a type of framework used to expand the fullness or support the drapery at the back of a woman's dress occurred predominantly in the mid to late 19th century. So again, this fits a little bit in with kind of the idea of the fencing and the honor and, and the light that the flower knight has. Um, so it's uh, you can, you, you've you seen them I'm sure if you've ever seen any period pieces or anything like that it's basically where the, um, the woman has quite a large sort of overhang at the back of her dress
0: interesting thing about this one though is like it doesn't say to archive this card afterwards so you just keep farming this in one fight
1: yes I know
2: so the last standard hit location card we have is the glowing eyes and this is a wound reaction and the flower knight shrieks its eyes strobe unnameable colors, and all survivors in the monsters facing suffer monster-level brain damage.
1: Yep. Uh, one of the few ways that he deals brain damage, so uh, it's not too bad, but it's interesting that you can't crit to avoid this.
2: So moving into the parry hit locations, uh, we've got the, we've got three of these. Um, the Furious Riposte is the first one that we're going to talk about. And this is wound attempts, this is all parry cards, uh, carry this profile of wound attempts on this location to fail unless the wound roll result is a critical. So you have to crit, you can't just wound the monster.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: And so they're all going to carry different reactions but the same crit profile as well. Uh, the reaction for this one is a failure of perform a basic action and target the attacker. And then the crit profile is if the attacker does not have the fencing secret fighting art, we're going to do the Breakthrough Story event.
1: And that's the same for all of the parries. Indeed. Uh, Yeah, so So, I was going to say, before you read all the failures, um, parry is a mechanic that occurs across all three of the knights. So you'll see it in the Lion Knight, and you'll see it in the Dung Beetle Knight. Uh, But the Flower Knight is where you train to fight against those who can parry, um, which is done in the Breakthrough Art, Breakthrough Event uh so failure action uh, failures we had uh, basic action what are the other two
2: so the next one is on hypnotic deflection and that failure reaction is turn the flower knight to face the attacker they gain to insanity
1: which is not bad to help mitigate damage brain damage from the flower knight
2: and then finally the retreating faint and this is a failure reaction as well of the flower knight sidesteps without turning move the monster three spaces towards the center of the showdown board Yep,
1: not particularly harsh uh, failure condition there either. Uh, right, so do we want to do the trap, or do we want to talk about Breakthrough?
0: Uh, real quick, those parry cards, there's two of each, so there's six parry cards in the deck. Correct, yeah. Let's uh, Let's review Breakthrough
2: really quickly, and then we can yep. jump back to the trap card.
1: Yep, so Breakthrough is the big part of the Flower Knight kind of mechanic. This is where the whole reason why mechanically you're gaining luck tokens exists. Uh, first of all, we've got a lovely looking piece of artwork of um, well, of, of a survivor who's forgotten her pants um, in, in the Flower Knight's garden. And you can see the, just the weirdness of the flora and fauna. These are all like plants with eyeball stalks and, and the like. They look more like uh, animals than actual plants. Uh, Now, Breakthrough. For a brief instant, a weakness is found in the Flower Knight's seemingly impenetrable defences. With a ferocious blow, the survivor is able to overcome the Flower Knight's bird-like reflexes. If the settlement's innovated drums, the rhythm of battle is maddening and all survivors gain plus two insanity. Seizing the moment, the attacker attempts to break through. You roll 1d10 and add your luck to the results. This will include your um, luck, lucky charm, if you have it, and any luck tokens, along with natural luck. On a 1, the monster unleashes a dizzy and shriek, more felt than heard. You are knocked down and gain one bleeding token. On a 2, 3, or a 4, vines twist and coil around your torso, pulling you away. If you're inside the fairy ring, you're placed knocked down on the nearest free space outside and gain one luck token. On a 5 to 9, the flower knight chirps and stumbles, its armor subtly changing colors, gain one survival and one luck token. And then finally, on a 10+, pressing through your senses, sharpen until you're nearly overwhelmed. You gain the fencing secret fighting art and all survivors gain plus one survival. And, um, fencing is something we will discuss a bit in the uh, second part of this podcast. But suffice to say, it is probably one of the top ten fighting arts in the game, uh, secret fighting arts, that is, and it's one of the easiest ones to get your hands on. Um, it allows you to ignore parry when attempting to wound hit locations. You get to wound them normally. So all of these parries... Uh, just become normal locations and also that will help versus as I said the Flower Knight and the Dung Beetle Knight. And also, and this is the really cool part, when a monster attacks you, you're a one D ten, on a six plus you ignore one hit, limit once per round. That's just huge. It's like such a good fighting art. Um and potentially you could get it on all four of your survivors when you hunt the Flower Knight. A settlement of fences. Doesn't that sound wonderful?
2: Variant of the Seven Swordsman campaign. <laughs>
1: Yeah, except they can fence with absolutely anything. Bows, their fists, daggers, teeth.
2: See, now I'm picturing, like, Legolas as the monster's going to attack and it shoots the white lion's paw away.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Fencing is just just incredible. It's just really, really good. Um, And what we're seeing here is... Well, an argument for farming the heck out of the Flower Knight and trying to get him to cocoon heal as much as possible until you've milked every last thing you can out of him or you're feeling scared enough that it's time to cash in and deal with the Flower Knight and finish him off. Um you know, it's very powerful, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I guess you guys are not going to on-stream endlessly cocoon farm a Flower Knight because that wouldn't be entertaining for people. You'd be surprised. <laughs> Maybe you will. Yeah.
2: As long as we're beating him up, I think that Chad will have a good time. Or as long as the Flower Knight's beating me up, I think Chad will have a good time.
1: I think the second one in particular, yeah. I mean, maybe you should play the tank uh, for a campaign. Chad would have a wonderful time.
2: I don't think Josh would ever let me.
1: Oh. Josh, let him play the tank one time.
0: You can play tank. Hey,
1: there you go. Map the tank. That now.
0: His boga has more evasion than my tank does. <laughs>
2: I'm still rocking the rawhide set.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, so we've got time trap to deck. Yeah, time to jump back to the trap card.
2: Yep. So, Restless Roots, the trap card here. Place the Flower Knight in the center of the showdown board. Place the attacker in front of the monster. They gain a plus one luck token. Each of the other survivors is grasped, bri- ugh, grasped by the roots and pulled in. Unless they spend one survival, place them five spaces closer to the Flower Knight. All survivors are doomed. Perform a basic action targeting the attacker. So... It's actually not that bad of a trap card.
1: No, it can cost a lot of survival, especially versus the higher levels, because you don't really want to see uh, all of your survivors pulled inside the ring, because then leaving, they might look in bleed tokens, they'll make the Flower Knight very dangerous, and if he reacts with um, like continuation, then it's going to be uh, horrific. But uh, yeah, there are worse ones. Um, this one does do all the survivors, so you can't do any fun, neat tricks in the middle of the basic action flow step. Like you can do with certain other monsters. But uh yeah, it's it's a good one. It it pays well within the design of the again, the ebb and flow of in and out of the fairy ring. Um and it can be can be frightening, but I'd say this is in the milder traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
2: I mean the only bad thing is that he gets the, the boosts whenever it gets pulled in, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he gets the boosts and you're doomed. Um so if you haven't set yourself with a block before you attack, then you're Probably going to take a bit of a clobbering, but normally most uh, most parties are able to spend the survival to avoid getting dragged in and making it too dangerous. And you get that luck token.
2: Alright, so is there anything else that we had to cover this evening?
1: I think we're pretty much um, done on the first half of this. Uh, I mean, next time, as I said, we're going to go through the resources, we're going to go through the gear, we're going to go through the other secret fighting arts, we're going to talk about builds, and discuss the events, and <laughs> The fun of sense memory and the joy of the warm virus. Vespertine bow, woo! Yeah, and the the Vespertine snore. Sorry, Vespertine bow. I don't know. Uh, do we want to talk the, about the aftermath real quick? Yeah, we should talk about the aftermath, absolutely. Good point. Uh, right, so I'll take that. Um, first of all, standard aftermath, you get plus 100 hunt XP, plus one weapon proficiency if eligible victory and rewards. Uh, If you're defeated, uh, the Flower Knight makes rich fertilizer of the survivors' corpses, and you gain no benefits from your death principle for losing these survivors, because they ain't coming back home. The Flower Knight probably just gathers up all of the gear and tidily places it at the edge of the woods, and then uh, gets to mulching. The rewards, so the first time you defeat the Flower Knight, you gain the Flower Knight Badge Rare Gear, and you add the Petal Spiral Innovation to the Settlement's Innovation Deck. Um, Sorry, when they. So, that happens each time you've beat Flower Knight, so if you've lost the badge for whatever reason, uh, you could get it back again. If any of the survivors have the in secret fighting art and the Ghostly Beauty Disorder, they will gain the Narcissistic Disorder and a permanent plus-one evasion. We'll talk about Ghostly Beauty uh, and Narcissism in the next episode. Um, they're linked closely to True Blade. Um, next Settlement Phase, you get to perform the Sense Memory Event, which is how you do the crafting of Flower Knight-specific gear. And make, and make, what do we make, Matt? Uh, I don't know, what do we, what do we make? We've been chanting its name enough times. We? Steambo, there we go, yes. Uh, reward wise, level one gives you four basic and four flower, the level two gives you four basic and six flower, and the level three gives you four basic, eight flower, and one sleeping virus. A sleeping Virus Flower Rare Gear, which is a really good piece of rare gear. Additionally, if you defeated, if you've innovated Petal Spiral when you defeat a level 3 Flower Knight, all survivors with the fence-in secret fighting art and, and the Ghostly Beauty and the Narcissistic Disorders gain the True Blade Secret Fighting Art. So it's worth noting that because you run these in order, it's fence-in secret, secret fighting art and Ghostly Beauty and then that will give you the True Blade Secret Fighting Art. So all you ever need to get True Blade is actually ha- have Ghostly Beauty and have that Survivor Game fencing during the fight against the Level Three Flower Knight. Still easier said
0: than done. No, if you have, it still sounds super duper easy, fan. No, you could also just farm evasion if you have Fencing and Ghostly Beauty and just keep fighting the Flower Knight.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> basically, if you wanted to, you could spend a whole campaign farming the Flower Knight from start to finish. Including the fact that he's good for mining uh, iron, so you could farm the level one and the level three occasionally when you want to get, uh, get true uh, true blade, and you'd probably have good enough stuff to handle the gold smoke knight. You know, it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy, um, and we'll talk about that in more details next week and everything because the flower knight basically provides a hell of a lot of benefits to any settlement that has him available to hunt. He's like the best friend of Survivors. So, yeah.
0: Unless you're in his garden.
1: Uh, Yeah, get out of my garden. Yeah. Hoot hoot, motherfucker. (laughs) Do not say that when you hit the trap. You
2: know, I haven't before, but now I will.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think we're going to wrap up there and um, we will pick up for the second episode.
2: Sounds good. So thank you all for joining us this evening. This was another presentation of the Great Game Hunters podcast uh, where we go through the ins and outs of Kingdom Death. So please join us again in two weeks uh, where we go into the second half of the Flower Night. Uh, Finn, do you want to pitch some of your stuff that you got going on?
1: Oh yeah, well, um, most of my stuff can be found on my uh, on my Patreon. Um, and, uh, sorry. <laughs> quick, quick, uh, Brain freeze there. So, most of the stuff can be found on my Patreon um, at uh, Patreon forward slash fan paints. Uh, I also upload my stuff when I paint it on my Instagram. I'm currently working on some custom content. I've just released the black line to my Patreons for them to test and run through and play with. I'm going to be doing a um, a PDF for printing on that and um, a set. Uh, that we've actually found a printer that will let professional versions of the cards to be printed so I just need to rescale them for people to do that which won't take too long Um, and I'm working on a couple of other uh, monsters um, one of whom has made a guest appearance on this podcast a few times um, which which, uh, well I'm sure one of you uh, may recall who if you can take a guess Old Man Phoenix Old Man Phoenix Uh, yes I'm going to do a Nemesis version of the Phoenix as Old Man Phoenix
2: oh that's awesome
1: Yes, and uh, I'm also working on a variant screaming antelope. I'm trying to do like three variant monsters for people who only own the core game to have a different monster to fight, so they're a bit familiar, a little bit different. Um, That's really on, cool, yeah, on top of that, I'm working on commissions with uh from various people and the like and uh and I've just um given away the manhunter um expansion, which went to Monty Lewis and it's due to go in the post tomorrow um, and I will be doing a giveaway uh, two giveaways at the start of February for some free commissions one for a 50 mil monster available for every of my $5 patrons or higher and the other one is for my $15 and higher patrons and it's two high quality armor kit survivors to represent some of your favorite survivors over the years fantastic
2: or should I say yeah. fantastic uh, uh, uh,
1: uh. that never grow old with you will it I'm sure
2: it doesn't for you either.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, every time you crack that joke, it doesn't matter to me. That's good. It's only taken me how many episodes to get there?
2: (laughs) 73.
1: Yeah, geez.
2: All right. So in our neck of the woods, guys, please follow us on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and come chat with us in our Discord channel where the party never stops. Uh, We are Twist Gaming. And uh, also, we've got the sub-drive going on right now, so please subscribe if you have Amazon Prime. You get one for free, and you get entered for all the goodies that we're doing on our stream, such as the New Year New Games giveaway we'll be doing at the end of this stream. Um, What else am I missing, Josh? Schedule. Ah, yes. So on Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we're going to be doing our Spotlight of Vengeance by Greenbrier Games. We're super excited to have the game designer on with us, and we're going to be doing the full, uh, preview as well as, uh, early, uh, early, not reviews. What were we calling it again? I just brain farted. My- First impressions. First impressions. Thank you, Josh. So check that out at Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're doing our continuation of our Twitch Plays Kingdom Death campaign, which just got reset uh, with the Clinging Mist. So we'll be starting a new settlement with our four returning survivors, two of which have broken backs. Uh, Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, Double Death, continuing on with the Kingdom Death uh, campaign. And then finally, before we sign off, I'd like to say that this stream and all of this week's streams have been brought to you by Mask of the Red Death by IDW. Uh, If you haven't had a chance, go check out our spotlight session of that we did on Monday at 8 p.m. We have that on video on demand on both Twitch and YouTube right now. And definitely go check out their uh, Kickstarter. They're about halfway through, if I was to estimate, uh, coming into the home stretch of their uh, somewhat short 18-day campaign. So shout out to Mask of the Red Death by IDW. Cool. With that, I think this is going to be Twist Gaming signing off for this evening, but stay tuned uh, for the New Year New Games giveaway winner. With that, I am Matt, joined here with...
1: Josh. And the Flower Knight. No, wait. And Fed as well.
2: You forgot who you were for a second there.
1: I was wishing I could be a Flower Knight.
2: Don't we all? So we'll leave you with that. Good night, everyone, and take care. Good night.